I'm gonna keep this mad, you know, just to the point because the simple fact that you guys can hear me. I got the stoner, uh, not stoner, the smoker voice. Uh, I caught a bacterial infection. Uh, not to be disgusting. I caught that from uh, going to the bar last week. Uh, and my throat is just fucking hurting constantly right now. So I gotta pretty much take antibiotics for a minute and wait till that kind of qualms and calms down. And even talking some shit I probably shouldn't be doing. But this is the homie, Malik Willis. I wrote from Malik Willis when he was backing up Jared Stidham uh, flop at uh, 2018. I was like, okay, well, this kid gives you a different dynamic. This is just not even knowing his full sense of his game yet. But uh, this kid is just a different dynamic. He can. You know, four three speed almost. Uh, Drew has a cannon. I mean, he had a cannon back then. Whenever Gus would let him throw, Coach Gus Malzahn. Um, and you know, just as an Auburn career Auburn fan, I can kind of usually see when a dual threat talent has it and doesn't have it. Uh, we just have had a lot of the ones that's had it. You know, Tam, Nick, Marshall, and some ones that haven't had it. I'm not gonna mention them, but you know, you can kind of tell who they are. So fast forward to 2020, and I'm watching this guy Liberty. He's just like, oh. Four touchdowns. I think it was like three touchdowns. Something like that in his debut. And then goes against, I believe, North Carolina State. I think he beat them and then lost the next week to Virginia Tech. Or maybe flip-flopped that. Um, I mean, like, pretty much playing, like, taking a pretty poorly talented Liberty team. And Hugh Freeze is an amazing college offensive coordinator slash head coach. Just offensive mind, period. But pretty much minimal amounts of talent on that team. Especially when you compare them to decent middle of the pack um, CFB teams and he's like going head to head with him I know the stats like don't look amazing but like this is a guy that you know pretty much his first year starting is like showing flashes of NFL like talent all for real like in COVID during COVID um, you know restrictions on practicing film uh, study sessions, even working out, like all the intricacies that go to improve as a quarterback. Malik Willis had like pretty much none of that allowed to him. I know he had a, uh, a a transfer season where he pretty much had to sit there and you know learn and learn and learn. But the point being, like taking that and applying it to actual uh, nuances of being the quarterback instead of just being dude on the roster. I mean, it's it's so much more that went into that uh, in twenty twenty that he just didn't get to experience in total. And, I mean, he hit the ground running. And I think he was hurt in the last game against Coastal. And still was that fucking dude. Uh, I think they had a, they had, that was a really sloppy finish to that game. But they still uh, won it. I mean, that's all that matters. And he looks to me like... here. Let me just say so I can go ahead and get this over with. Just, you guys don't have to hear me talk anymore. Here's what I think separates Malik Willis from the rest of the pack. Keita Slovis, uh, Spencer Rattler... This kind of applies to Spencer Rattler, too. But Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, uh, whoever else you may be thinking about. Um, fucking, uh, it's another big one I'm thinking about. JT Dems, I think, is able to go. Um, another big one that I'm missing. Uh, even Michael Penis, you know. A lot of cats in this draft. This is not a bad draft, in my opinion, as far as quarterbacks go. It doesn't have the clear-cut, transcendent talent, a la Fields, Trevor Lawrence, um... Try to think about the previous draft before this one, but I can't really. I, you know, the mind comes and goes. But um, yeah, it doesn't have even like I guess a, necessarily a Tua that just 
seems to have so much ceiling, but injuries kind of marred their situation. A lot of the guys here are kind of like your prototypical, like high floor, probably multi-year starters that you kind of hope can be, you know, maintain that starter status and not just be, you know, a, a fucking, I don't know, guy that has a spark when he started ends up being a backup, you know. Potentially where Darnold is at, I think, maybe. Um, maybe a Teddy Bridgewater as well. But I think when I when I think about Slovis, I mean, Brains, he's going to be mush by the time he finally really gets to the NFL. He just, injury history is just that bad, especially concussion history. Um, Sam Howell, I love, I've loved Sam Howell since, like, day one. Just an amazing winner. Uh, a guy that, you know, when he first came in, he's pretty much playing with, not the greatest talent ever, but I'm some pretty decent dudes. And Mike Brown, that first recruiting class, brought in a lot of good talent, but they all kind of developed at the same time, came together at the same time. Uh, but I thought like he's just really like a lot of people are hoping for the Ben Roethlisberger and all that. I, I think it's possible, but it's just like a Ben Roethlisberger coming out like it's it's it, it, that type of guy. Uh, uh, Let's see, athleticism kind of minimal, uh, you know, big arm, big cannon. It's going to make some crazy throws. It's like, in today's game, that's not, you know, all of what I just described, even that comparison would be, like, huge for a guy 10 years ago. But nowadays, it's just like, that's somebody just got to show and prove. Like, they can't, they really don't get the benefit of being that dude anymore and I mean I, I think that the lowest that Sam Howell goes to probably like top f- or top four lowest I mean highest probably number one overall but he's just he's not an incredibly interesting prospect I guess and it doesn't help that he had pretty much what ended up being two NFL uh, running backs with him and Donnie B. Brown I think is dude I think he's gonna be an NFL receiver uh, I think so I'm hoping so, but I don't know. I, I like I like Howell, but I just think he's kind of kind of low ceiling, you know, like pretty much where he's gonna be at. And then um, probably the most enticing prospect other than Willis is gonna be Rattler, and I think it's kind of what goes into people's like kind of issues in analyzing Rattler. Uh, I mean, I know his first half of the season was kind of very sketchy, but I mean, like, I think he was what a true a redshirt freshman and you know it's just tough I mean he was being pushed by Tanner Mordecai uh I think he was there the Hurts season and Hurts was the unquestioned starter that year but it's a guy that kind of just got dipped into a kind of unfavorable situation they had a lot of reloading across the team not just him uh and that kind of went against him but to me he's like a dude that could be kind of like that he also has some leadership issues, like some huge leadership issues too. That is something that, that could be addressed a little bit more. But from what I hear, it hasn't been as much of a problem coming out of that season as it was kind of at midpoint of that season. Um, I, I, to me, I see, it seems to be somebody that if you really do want that kind of flashy, I'm trying to be that dude, trying to, you know, it, like a lot, a lot of what I think goes into the game for him is I want to be that dude. I'm going to be a winner, a killer. Uh, I don't. I, I don't want to bring the Manziel comparison, but that's who I think of when I think of Rattler. Maybe not exactly style of play, but just the attitude and mentality. 
and that's I mean, it's an exciting player. And I don't know how much that is a like long term franchise guy, but I like Rattler, and he has a lot more room to grow. He can be a better a better starter, a better captain, a blah blah blah, all that intangible shit that people like to talk about. That can be Rattler one day. Uh, he can be more consistent. I mean, he has some turnover issues too, but um, I mean, he seems to be somebody that I would think I would like to have like five, six years from now over Keaton Slovis, you know, but that brings back to Willis, man. I, I just think that, okay, footwork, yes, he he does. Like if, you, if you're if you looking at him from like the beginning of a game to like the last the end of a game, you can tell like when one is tired and mechanics, the habits that go into mechanics kind of just kind of start seeping out and you just kind of rely on instinct. He does have moments like that. Um, he this ball placement on the shorter, the, the shorter, tighter throws could be better. Okay, it could be better. Here's what you can't teach: this fucker can throw 75 yards. He can run a damn near four three. He still is a probably the best runner in this draft, even when he was injured. He had like 200 yards against Coastal, who was one of the, I think like the best. I want to say the best defense out of the group of five. I want to say either them or probably. Uh, uh, the, the other fuckers that was right up there in the top two the whole season, you know, uh, not not coastal, fucking. Uh, it was it's was, it was coastal, it's Liberty, and it's another team I can't think of right now. But the, those were your top three the entire time, the group of five, and that other one was pretty good too. Um, and Cincinnati also was yeah, I forgot about Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a group of five. Cincinnati had a leak group of five defense, but I would imagine just off the top of my head, that coastal is pretty much right there with them. Um, I, I just I just think that the way he's performed in big games, he like stats be damned. You're playing against a team that's better than you at just about every position, and he's he's the equalizer. That's a trait that I don't know. Outside of Howell against Clemson, I I can't think of any other quarter. Maybe Ritter against Georgia, but to me, after the first first twenty minutes or so of that game. Cincinnati stayed in that game not because of Ritter. I mean, defense just played locks down. Uh, they had a couple of long, long runs and long, like one or two long passing plays. Uh, but for the most part, Ritter was just being safe, just not trying to get the ball back to Georgia. That was pretty much the pill he had for like the last two quarters in that game. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a great equalized situation. And everybody else in Cincinnati played or a better team. Um, I mean, it, it's just, to me, there's nobody who screams – Lamar Jackson type more than this could do. And I don't mean to say athleticism and play style. I mean to say this is a guy who, outside of him, like just about nobody is like real NFL talent. I know, I think Lamar had Devontae Parker. I know Devontae Adams and Devontae Parker, I think both played at the same time at Louisville. He had one of the two, something like that. Um, and James Quick was also pretty decent. But uh, it's just like this is a guy that's playing against probably three or four dudes in the schedule that are better or at least like comparable with with more depth, and he made them look like they were not better. This is what Lamar is. He is the great equalizer, and I don't know too many teams that off the top of my head that need a a Lamar Jackson. Like, okay, we are here. We're eight win, nine win. But we want to be 13-14 win, and we kind of we don't necessarily need a transcendent guy. We don't expect to be that position to pick one anyway. 
but he still want one. Uh, I mean, obviously, every team wants one. But I just can't think of anybody right now, top of my head, that would fit that bill. I Chicago got their guy. San Francisco got their guy. Um, I'm really just thinking middle of the pack right now. Uh, New Orleans could find themselves in a situation, depending on how things go. Uh, Atlanta, I think Atlanta would probably be the best-case scenario. I can see them about six wins uh, with the way that roster is. They could find themselves right there in his situation, in his ballpark. Uh, Atlanta would be best-case scenario. Other than that... It's not even worth it to predict right in this this moment because things are still moving and happening. But there's some team that's going to be about that seven win, six win that's going to end up picking uh, our boy Malik Willis. And I think they'll find they got their guy. So that's it for me. I talked long enough. I expect I should be able to, be able to. But I really like Malik Willis' prospect. I think he's just one of the better stories in college as well. And uh, there's a lot to be said for someone that has to pretty much had to grind from jump to get to where they got to. This dude. Did not get handed anything on any level of college. I mean, I've followed this dude since 2017, dude. He never got a fair shake in, in Auburn at any point. And to take that and to become this potential Heisman finalist, number one overall pick, there's a lot of value in Emily Quills this very moment. And I hope, the, I hope a good team gets him. That's it for me. Peace.